where God is releasing men and women into exploits through the preaching of the word of faith. Be transformed and impacted as you listen to God's word. We want to look at the three. Wow, so soon how time flies when you are enjoying yourself in the Holy Ghost. Tonight, we want to continue with where we started from. We started looking at the riches in Christ and we the one we looked at all the riches we saw that the riches in Christ are not possible unless we understand the redemption that procured or that bought us those riches praise God the redemption that bought us those riches so we stopped at the point in Ephesians where we started excavating from there, Ephesians chapter 1. So if you have your Bible, let's go to Ephesians chapter number 1. And tonight I want to look at the cross, the meaning of the cross, the signature of his riches. The cross, the signature of his riches. The stamp that the riches have been procured. Hallelujah. You already know what the riches are. You know how to tap into it. They are already in you. But now we want to look at the cross, the signature of his riches. Praise God. Wonderful. So we were in Ephesians chapter number one. Um, let's start from wherever we stopped yesterday. I think we, we, we started from verse four. According as he has chosen him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according, according, to, the, according to his good pleasure, or the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the grace wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved praise god he has accepted us in the beloved in whom we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins this is the emphasis in whom we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace so yesterday we started looking at what it actually meant to be forgiven. And we saw that the cross or Jesus' death, his blood, the scripture says, in whom, in Christ, we have redemption through his blood. And I said that the reason why the scripture uses his blood has to do with his death. That is actually what spelled out the gospel. And it says, the forgiveness of sins. So the blood gave us forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. And we saw yesterday, based on 
what happened in Genesis chapter number two and three. In chapter three, we see that when God came in, God asked them, did you eat of the tree that I commanded you not to eat? And we found out that the trees, those two trees, the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil represented two attributes of God. They represented the superior knowledge of God, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So the tree of the knowledge of good and evil are not two opposite trees. Yeah, no, it's, not, it's not actually talking about um, showing you right and wrong, but we are looking at a tree that shows God's involvement in the life of men. Hallelujah. And our ability to discern, to know what to do according to God's plan and purpose. So God wanted to be involved in the life of man, but man chose that he didn't want God to be involved. So pride allowed man to be drifted away. And so man wanted to do it by himself. Man wanted to be by himself and do everything by himself. Praise God. And so as man did that, man got into the place of condemnation, the place of guilt, and the place of sin. And we saw yesterday as well that that disobedience that was, um, that was initiated by Adam produced condemnation. That disobedience also meant that the man has lost his freedom, has lost the ability to relate with God. And also, man died, and that death is what we want to explain today. Hallelujah. Man died, and that death, we said yesterday, is spiritual death. And that spiritual death needed to be paid for. Galatians and Romans chapter 3, um, from the verse number... Um, let's start from verse number 18. Four, no, four, let's start from verse 14, please. Whose mouth is full of cares and bitterness? Um, okay. Um, we're in the middle of somewhere. I want to maximize time, but at the same time, I want to read. Um, okay, let's start from 16. Let's see if we can escape from... Uh, okay, 18, 18. You can read the rest for your own edification. It says, there is no fear of God before their eyes. Now, we know that that what things soever the law saith, it saith them who, it saith to them who are under the law, every, so that every mouth may be stopped, and that all the world may become guilty before God. Hallelujah. That all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. And we looked at that extensively yesterday. The reason why the law was given was so that man will come to the end of himself. Man will see himself incapable of fulfilling God's righteous judgment. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. 
so that we will subscribe to another type of righteousness that God wanted to give us, which is the righteousness without the law of Moses. And this righteousness is the righteousness by faith, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Verse 22, it says, Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe. So when you believe, you subscribe to this righteousness, for there is no difference. 23, please. For for there is no difference. Um, you know, go to verse 22. Let's finish that 22. It says, Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference. That is, the difference here is talking about the Jew and the Gentiles. We'll look at that in a moment. Go on to verse 23 for me. For, he says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And we established yesterday that the death of Adam meant the death of all humanity. It is called corporal death. Through one man, sin came into the world. And through that man, we received also condemnation that went with that sin. And also we received death that went with that sin. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Praise God. Now, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption. So this is how we receive justification. We are justified by grace and it is free. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Through the redemption that is where? In Christ Jesus. And we know that redemption cannot take place without blood. Praise God. Let's go on. Next verse, 25. That's where I'm going to. Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation. The word propitiation is the word payment. Payment. True faith in his blood. Now, earlier on, it says that redemption through his blood. In Ephesians, we read in Ephesians 1 where it talked about redemption through his blood. Now it says, to be a propitiation. He has set forth who? Jesus Christ. To be a propitiation through faith in his blood. Now, I told you that faith in his blood didn't mean faith in a liquid blood. It means faith in his death. Faith in what? His death. To declare his righteousness for the remission of sins. The word remission here is a very big word. The word remission means for the taking away of sins. The word remission means for the taking away of sins. Why? That are passed through the forbearance of God. Now, what is the meaning of that are passed? It's saying, telling us here, that every sin that was committed from Adam to Moses, from Adam to Moses, that brought us, that brought the whole of the Jewish nation, I beg your pardon, under the law, no sin was left unpunished. Every sin that was committed was punished, but it was punished 
on goats. It was punished on lambs. It was punished through death. The death of an animal. A lamb must be presented. Now, but what did the lambs do? They covered sin for that whole period. So it says that even though it looked like the sin was forgiving them for a year, it was actually not forgiven. What actually happened was that it was carried forward, packaged, kept down, waiting for what? Waiting for the propitiation, waiting for the payment. So every sin under the Old Testament was not left unpunished. It was just kept covered. So in the Old Testament, they had what they called atonement. To atone for your sins means you bring a lamb that will be killed as a covering. But what Jesus did was not a covering. What Jesus did was a complete removal. So everything that was kept on file, waiting for Christ to come, was removed in his death. So the scripture now, I want to read 25 again in perspective. Whom God has set forth. Can we take this in the Amplified, please? Whom God put forward before the eyes of all as a mercy seat and propitiation by his blood. That is the cleansing and life-giving sacrifice of atonement and reconciliation to be received. Whom God put forth. Who did God put forth? His son. By his blood. The cleansing and life-giving sacrifice of atonement and reconciliation. To be received through faith. Faith in what? Faith in that atonement. Faith in that reconciliatory work. Faith in that life that was given for our life. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he forbore all the sins that were done that were done in the past. He kept them. He was bearing them. He forbore them. He had passed over and ignored former sins without punishment. Now, the, the, the Amplifier is not even putting it well. What It was punished on the goods, so there was punishment. The only thing was that it was covered. It was a covering, waiting for it to be completely removed. And the removal was through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So Romans chapter 5, verse 12, the scripture tells us that through one man, sin came into, therefore as sin came into the world through one man and death as a result of sin, so death spread to all men, no one being able to stop it or to escape its power because all men sinned. So the punishment for sin is what? Death. And we said that Jesus' death through his blood or through the giving of his life did two things. It gave us what we call freedom from sin because man has now become sin. When we disobeyed in Adam, man became sin. Therefore, man needed to be freed from sin. 
then also man also needed to be forgiven of sins. So Jesus' death did two things. It took care of the sin problem as a nature and sin problem as a practice. Sin problem as a nature, sin problem as a practice. And I think I talked extensively about that yesterday, so I'm not going to be talking about that tonight. Hallelujah. So now we're looking at the, the signature of his riches, the cross. Hallelujah. Now, so we established yesterday that all men have one common problem. The common problem for the poor and the rich, for the millionaire and the natinia, for the millionaire and the zeronia. The problem for every man is sin. So you can't go and preach a gospel to a rich man and say, come to Jesus and Jesus will bless you with money. It is foolishness to him. He wouldn't understand you. You can't go and tell a poor man that, well, if you tell a poor man, come to Jesus, Jesus will give you money. He may understand to an extent. But even that, when he comes and he doesn't get his money, you are going to be in trouble because you lied. Hallelujah. And that is not the gospel. What is the gospel? I explained to you what the gospel is. 1 Corinthians 15, from the verse number 1 to 4, Paul explained to us what the gospel is. He says, and now let me remind you, um, go back to King James, yes, please. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, verse 2, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. Three, for I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received. Where did he receive it from? He received it from the scriptures. We'll see it in this verse. How that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That's where he received his revelation from. It did not come from the moon. It came from the scriptures. And this is where he got it from. He got it from the prophetic words and the prophetic psalms and from words that were spoken by the fathers of old that were in the scriptures. Hallelujah. That is why when we talk, you know, before the Bible ever came, we had what we call the Torah. Remember yesterday I told you that the tree of the knowledge of good and evil are two words. They are made up of tov and what? Ra. That's where the Torah came from. It's a book that will show you the, the judgments of God. Hallelujah. So, it's, it's, that's, 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 that's just the revelation of, 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 of good and evil. Praise God. Now, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to what? The scriptures. This is what he calls the gospel. He says that the gospel that is preached must be based on the death, the burial, the resurrection, and the ascension of Jesus Christ. So his death means more than anything else. You can ever think of your understanding of this will empower your Christian life, will determine how much of the riches in Christ you enjoy. Are you hearing me, somebody? So sin is a common identity of man, not poverty, not sickness, not illiteracy, and also definitely not financial breakthrough or financial bondage. Hallelujah. So for sinners, sinners were are rich. Certain sinners are rich, certain sinners are healthy, 
Certain sinners are literate and certain sinners are financially sound. So if you go and preach that kind of gospel to them, they don't need your gospel. Praise God. Sinners, however, are far from God. The scripture tells us in Ephesians chapter 2, the verse number 1. Yesterday we looked at that scripture. Let's just look at it. All this is recapitulation. I have not entered my message yet. Amen. This is introduction. <laughs> he says, and you, has he quickened, who were dead in trespasses. A sinner is a dead man. He's dead walking. And sins, a sinner is in their trespasses, wherein in time past ye walked in the past, according to the cause of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. He calls the man that does not believe the gospel a child of disobedience. Praise God. Now, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past. So the believer that is born again is no more in their sin. The sin problem has been taken away with, away from, from your life. And that is why what Jesus did in his blood. He took care of the sin nature and also he gave you the opportunity to receive forgiveness of sins. Praise the Lord. So Romans chapter 5, the verse number 8 to 10, the scripture tells us who sinners are. They are enemies of God. It says, but God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us when we were in our sins. Much more than being now justified by his blood. Hallelujah. Anytime you see his blood, it is not liquid. Don't be mundane. It's not talking about blood that you sprinkle somewhere. It is something very spiritual. It's talking about the life that was given. The life of Christ. So when the scripture talks about the blood of Abel, that speak, the blood of Jesus that speaketh better things than the blood of Abel, is only referring to the death. But it's also comparing Abel's death that was a type and a shadow of Jesus' death. Hallelujah. Abel's death was a sacrifice. Just as Jesus' death was a sacrifice. But that's for another day. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Hallelujah. We shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, a sinner is an enemy to God. Why is he an enemy? He is far from God. So we said yesterday, sin there means separation from the father. Sin means separation from the father. In the garden, when man sinned, man became separated from God the father. Now, what kind of separation? Was it a physical separation? No, it was a spiritual separation. Man became disconnected from source. We became separated from God. So in the garden, sinners are, were cast out from God's presence. By Adam's transgression, a man can only stand guilty and condemned before God. So this is what every man needs. This is what the rich needs. This is what the poor needs. This is what the whatever needs. Now, without this, they are poor in Christ. Without redemption, without any man being saved, you are poor in Christ. You may have all the earthly money, but you are poor. Because why? You are devout of God's mercy. God's mercy is not with you. Because he's rich in mercy. 
It is his mercy that brought salvation. You are bankrupt of God's mercy. Without forgiveness of your sins, you are bankrupt of God's riches. The riches that are in Christ. Hallelujah. Hence the gospel, which is good news, is described with certain certainties, certain adjectives, certain things, which have, we've talked about already in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4. How that it says what? Christ died, Christ was buried, and Christ what? Resurrected. So the gospel is actually described in his death, in his burial, in his resurrection, and consequently in his what? Ascension. Praise God. Ascension to the right hand of the Father. In his death on the cross, we see how God's love was demonstrated to, to man. Hallelujah. In his death, God's love was demonstrated. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that what he gave, his only begotten son. How did he give his begotten son? Now somebody will say, did he give his son when the son was born? No, that was not when he gave his begotten son. He gave his son in death for God so loved the world. If you look at from verse 14 to 16, it will it better explains it. It says, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up. Amen. Now, what does that mean? Moses in types and shadows, when the serpents in the wilderness were biting the Israelites and they were dying from the poison of the serpent, God instructed him that take something that looks like the same thing biting them, the serpent. Just as in the garden, we were deceived through the subtlety and the deception of the serpent. Take up the same serpent and beat it into bronze. Why bronze? Judgment. So that it will go through fire, wrath, judgment, and then lift it up on a pole. This is what medical science uses. So on the medical sciences, on, in all their symbols, you see a serpent around a pole. It is for healing. But that meant judgment. Is actually what happened in, 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 in the wilderness when the Israelites were died. That as many that looked, they lived. As many that looked, they lived. And so Jesus referring to what happened as a typology of the kind of death he will die. He said that I will also be lifted up just as the serpent was lifted up. How would I be lifted? Why should I be lifted up? Because I will be judged. And he couldn't be judged if he was not sin. So 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, Him who knew no sin became sin for us. The book of Hebrews tells us in Hebrews 4, it tells us that um, he was tempted on all sides, yet without sin. So he couldn't have become judgment. He couldn't have become, for sinners must die. He couldn't have done this if, unless he had to be what? He had to become sin. Unless he became sin, he couldn't have died physically. So he needed to become sin. So by becoming sin, he will now be lifted up on the pole. And that's when he, where did he become sin? He became sin on the cross. On the cross, he became what? Sin. 
So Romans, uh, John 3, um, 14 tells us, just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the son of man be what? Lifted up. Where? On the pole. Verse 15. That whosoever believeth in him, in the Old Testament they looked and they lived. The looking and living for us is to believe in him. Believe in what? Believe, have faith in the blood. The faith in the blood here means have faith in his death. What he did in the atonement, in the reconciliatory work. He was in God, reconciling men unto himself. God was in Christ, I beg your pardon. Reconciling men unto himself. Christ became the meeting point between man and divinity. Believeth in him, should not perish, but have eternal life. Verse 16. Then he now tells us how this eternal life comes. For God so loved. So the demonstration of God's love was to give him on the pole. So for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Where? On the pole. Just as Jesus said himself. That whosoever believeth in him. Why? Because when he is lifted up, as many that will believe in him should not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So the very son of God was left to die. In his death, it was a gruesome death. It was a brutal death. It was crucifixion. It is what... The, it's the worst kind of death any man could ever experience. He was, he was, he was hanged. The Romans had to literally dismember him. When Christ was going through the beating, it was not an ordinary beating. It was the beating of a criminal. Christ died for the ungodly. We were called the ungodly. We were called criminals. He died our death. And in dying our death, he was brutally murdered. Isaiah, in prophecy, looked at this, saw it in the spirit, and gave us a picture. Who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Let's go on, please. He says, for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of a dry ground. He has no form, nor comeliness. When we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. When by the time he was beaten and brought forth, there was no beauty around Christ. Today we can see, sing, um, that he's a beauty of heaven. But when he was being beaten, when he was being, being, being messed up, I mean, the, the Roman, it is said that the rope, the, 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 the whips that, were, that landed on his body, anytime it landed, it tore off the pieces of his body. Tore it off. By the time they finished laying those stripes on him, he had become a pop of blood. And then they put a rope on him, naked, carried his cross, and went to Mount Golgotha. His scripture says he's despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Man's sorrow became his sorrow. Man's grief became his grief. 
The cross is the place of exchange. He took our place. The other day I told you it is twofold. It is what we call the 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 the, the death by by substitution and the death by what um, by identification. He had to become man and identify with the sins of man. He has to. And yesterday I talked extensively about him being he had him identify himself with sinning man. Now on the cross he exchanged places. Man was supposed to be condemned, and man was left to go free. Now the sin was paid for; it was not free. Somebody paid for it. We walked out as if we were the ones that paid for it. But it was actually Christ that paid for it. It was a man's pain for our joy. A man's, a man's grief for our freedom. The burdens of the whole world was laid on him. The sins of all humanity was laid on him. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. He said, oh, look at the man. Is this not the miracle worker? Is this not the man that healed the sick? That their dead men were, were, were raised? Is this not the same man that raised Lazarus? Even the Roman soldiers were saying that if you are the Christ, come down from that cross. Let us see. Surely he has borne our griefs. He has carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. People, the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave. So God gave Jesus. The giving of Jesus was so that he would bear our griefs. So God was the one that gave him. That's why he, the, the Roman soldiers thought they were the ones beating him. But it was God. God was just. But at the same time, God was righteous. God's justice demanded that any man that have sinned, must die. So Christ became sin. The scripture tells us in Galatians 3, 13, that he was made a curse, a casting. Christ has redeemed us. Why? From the curse of the law. And of course, this was talking to the Jews. Okay? Being made a curse for us. This was Paul addressing the Jews. For it is written, curse is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Christ became a casting. He became sin. He became a casting. The symbol of the cross is the symbol of curse. The signature for our riches. The signature for our riches. Hallelujah. The signature for our riches. Christ became the curse that we will be what? Will be free from the curse. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That will be free from the curse. Tonight, Anything that is still hovering around you like a curse, we command that thing to shatter. We command it to break. Anything that is reducing your resource in life. Ah, makuata lakiatala, zolandi klataikia, zuzenkia koza. Anything that is reducing the 
the, the, the work of redemption to as if nothing happened on redemption tonight we bring that thing under the judgment of God we declare today in the name of Jesus that you are free from every curse you are free from every satanic pronouncement. You are free from demonic pronouncements. You are free from demonic judgments. Any pronouncement against you. Demonic pronouncements against your destiny. Tonight I declare by the anointing of the Holy Ghost. That thing is broken. Anything that has held your hell bound. I command that thing to break. In the name of Jesus. Anything that has held your finances. Anything that has made you look like you are not saved today by the power of the blood the power of that resurrected life i command that let that thing shatter in the name of jesus let anything that has taken away your joy anything that has taken away your peace we bring it under the judgment of god in the name of Jesus, any devil that have decided that you will not have peace today, we declare that if God punishes sin twice, then of course, then they are right. But God is a righteous God. He punished it once and for all on Christ. Therefore, I declare today, anything that is holding sway over your life, even by ignorance today, we declare that let the power of hell be broken. In the name of Jesus. He paid for your sins. He paid for your forgiveness. Anything that has held you bound. That have decided. That have decided. In the name of Jesus, any force of hell, we uproot now their power. Anything that has held you bound, unless Christ did not resurrect. If Christ resurrected, your that power over your life is destroyed permanently. I say it's destroyed permanently. I said it's destroyed permanently. Oh, for, 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 for Paul said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel has power. The gospel delivers. The gospel set free. We have been set free. We have been delivered. Him that the son set free is free indeed. Therefore, freedom from sin, freedom from all that sin came with, death and hell, every programming of death, anything that has programmed you to die before your time in the name of Jesus unless Christ did not die I declare today your life is preserved I say your life is preserved your life is ransomed from the grave in the name of Jesus for he went to the grave that you will not die cheaply I declare now in the name of Jesus that right now anything holding sway over your destiny over your life anything holding sway in the name of Jesus you will not die prematurely I say you will not die prematurely I say you will not die prematurely I say you will not die prematurely in the name of Jesus accidents that have been designed for you you have escaped in the name of Jesus, any man planted into your life to make sure you die before your time, any evil vehicle that you will take 
evil plan, evil schemes, evil men that will come around you to bring you into death. Today, by the authority in the name of Jesus, we cancel that agenda. We cancel that agenda. We cancel that agenda. Life be given to you. The covenant with Christ is the covenant of life. It's the covenant of peace. Receive peace. I say receive life. I say receive peace. I say receive life. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the giving of Jesus is not in the incarnation. God gave him on the cross. He gave him to die. He gave him to die. Paul explains this in Romans 8.32 where he said that if God could not withhold his own son but give him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us what? All things. Hallelujah. How shall he also not with him also give us what? All things. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. So God gave Christ so that we will be what? Will be free. Praise the Lord. Romans chapter 6, the verse number 23. The scripture declares that the wages of sin is what? Death. The wages of sin is what? Is death. To pay for what? Sins. To pay for sins. So Jesus was given on the cross to pay for sins. To pay for sins that only him could pay for. Hallelujah. Now Jesus' death will bear Adam's punishment. Adam's transgression. Adam's offense which led to death. The Savior must die. So the cross is a pointer to the death of Christ. Hallelujah. He died on the cross. He died on the cross. This was why when the Romans came in and they wanted to break his legs, his, they, I mean, when a man does not die before the sun goes down, they normally will come and break your two legs to, to, for you to properly die. And then they carry you away and bury you. By the time they came to him, they tried looked at him, pierced his side. Out of his side came water and blood, a proof that his heart has ruptured and he died. Then they took him, they gave him up. They didn't break his legs. Then came the soldiers and broke the legs of the first and then they broke the legs of the other. All of them were crucified, the two thieves on his two right sides. Hallelujah. The death of Adam was the separation of man from God. The death of Christ also brought that separation. And so on the cross, the scripture tells us in Matthew 27 verse 46. Let's examine therefore what happened on the cross. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, my God. My God, why hast thou forsaken me? Hallelujah. About the ninth hour, they, so some of them came and said, what? 
he was calling on Elijah. Some of them that stood there when they heard what he said, said, this man calleth on Elijah, Elias. And straightway, one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink. Huh. The rest said, let be, let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. Next verse, please. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. In other words, he died. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twine from the top to the bottom. And the earth quick, and the earth did quick, and the rocks rented. If it didn't happen, it will not be documented. And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose. Hallelujah. God had abandoned his son on the cross. Why? Because of separation. This was what um, David saw in David's own personal agony. In Psalm 22, the verse number one, he saw it. And in his own personal agony, whilst he was expressing his, his complaint to God, Jesus picked from the scriptures and said the same, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? Now, a proof that Jesus was not asking a question. He was not complaining. He was only stating the scriptures of what he has become. His status. And what was his status? Death. What was his status? He has now become sin on the cross. Him who knew no sin was made sin. So when he said, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? Quoting David verbatim. It was not because he was complaining. He was actually stating or quoting scriptures of the kind of death he's about to face. And also to say that now I have become a curse. So God turned his eyes away from him. In the garden, man was driven away from the garden. Man moved away from God. On the cross, God moved away from man. In the garden, man left God's presence. On the cross, the presence left man. And who was that man? The representative of all men. The last Adam, Jesus Christ. In the garden, the first Adam, the living soul, was the first man that represented all men. In the, on the cross, the last Adam to fulfill and to fulfill all God's re, just requirement, a righteous requirement. God needed to save man, but at the same time, he also needed to show man his love. To show man his love, he gave himself. But he needed to pay for the punishment for sin needed to be paid for because he's a just God. So that no man can say God is not just. So he died as a man. There is one mediator, 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 5, says there is one mediator between God and man. The man. The man. Jesus was a man. He was a man. He died as a man. He was the representative of man. Man as sin. And to become sins, all of man's sin was put on him on the cross. 
the cross, the signature of his riches. On the cross, Christ lost all of glory. On the cross, he lost all of his riches. This is what the scripture declares concerning him when he says that he became poor that we may become rich. It has nothing to do with material wealth. It was him being bankrupted or having been bankrupted of Christ's glory. The glory of heaven had to now become sin. This is the poverty. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. That ye through his poverty might be rich. Rich in what? Spiritual riches. Rich in Christ. The riches of Christ. And how did this happen? It is not through financial blessings. This scripture, any pastor that teaches, uses it to teach financial blessing is a fraud. This scripture is fraudulently used. If you use it, it is for we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was rich, the riches is the glory of heaven. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. He became sin for us. Him who knew no sin became sin on the cross. Hebrews 4.15 tells us that he was tempted on all sides, yet without sin. For we know the grace of our... Uh, uh, Hebrews 4.15, please. Glory be to God. For we know we have not... And high priest, which cannot be touched with what the feeling of our intent, but what with all points was tempted, like as we are, yet without sin. He was without sin until sin was put on him on the cross. I'm talking about the cross. On the cross. On the cross. On the cross. On the cross, he paid that ultimate punishment. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 5 to 12. Let's look at some, some few, few truths there. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body has thou prepared me. A body in burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, thou hast had no pleasure. Talking about the Old Testament sacrifices that I told, spoke to you about earlier on, that even though they were using them to cover their sins, God did not have pleasure in them. Then said I, Lo, talking about Jesus, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do thy will, O God. What was the will of God? To die on the cross. Above when he said, so he's now referring to what we have just read. Above when he said, sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings and offerings for sin, thou wouldest not, neither hadest pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Nine. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will. So he's now explaining what we just quoted. He taketh away the first, the Old Testament, that he may establish the second. Verse 10. By the which will we, by the which we, by the which will, the will he's talking about, we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ. Glory be to God. So when his body was laid on that cross, that was the offering. That was the offering that God gave. 
the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Once and for all. Hallelujah. Now I'm about to say something very important. Catch this. If you miss it, go and sleep. So on the cross, Jesus made a very instructive statement. But I want you to stay here. Don't go anywhere. He said, it is finished. That the least I. I'll come to that in a moment. And every priest standeth daily, ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. Talking about the Old Testament priesthood. But this man, oh, he was a man. But this man, come on, somebody, he was a man. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, not for once and would do it tomorrow, but forever, sat down on the right hand of God. Glory be to God. He sat at the what? The right hand of God. In his ascension, he sat at the right hand of God. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice, this was the sacrifice that he said it is finished. When he said it is finished, he was not talking about, he is talking about the, the, the consummation of the Old Testament, that everything that has to do with the Old Testament, I have fulfilled it. And I didn't just fulfill it now, I have fulfilled it today, tomorrow, yesterday, and forever. Hallelujah. So when Jesus, then the scripture says, Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Catch this. When, his, when that scripture said that, what it meant was it is finished. It is finished yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. Jesus was not lamenting on the cross that Father, you have left me. He was lamenting because he has now become sin. He will be separated from the Father for three days. For three days. Tomorrow I'll talk about what happened in the hell. For three days. For three days. For three days. He was separated from the Father. Hallelujah. For three days. He was separated from the Father. So on the cross. God moved. Away from man. God moved from his son. Because the son. Has now become the substitute. For man's sin. He did not just identify. He became what? The substitute. He took our place. That we may take his place. Him who knew no sin. Became sin for us. That we may be made. You didn't do anything to be made. You were made. The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's why it's a gift we receive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God puts all of man's iniquity on his son. And he bore the grief. He bore the sorrow. He bore the travail. This is not a physical death. It was a spiritual death. Hallelujah. He offered it once and for all. His sorrow for our triumph. His wounds for our health. His pain for our joy. His wounds. This is why he said, soon you will see me. Soon you will not see me. But this must be done, that your joy may be full. When he resurrected, our joy became full. Our joy became full. He took our place, that we might take his place. This is the good news. 
This is the gospel. This is the good news. God abandoned him as he would have abandoned sin. He abandoned him so that we will never be abandoned. So that we will never be abandoned. He put all of man's sins on Jesus so that we may never bear the sins and the consequences of our sins. Hence, never again would we bear it. The scripture says in Colossians 2.14 that he nailed all of everything that was against us, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances under the law that was against those that were under the law, which was contrary to us. And he took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross, the cross, the signature of his riches. When we see the cross, we see heaven has been bankrupted and earth has gained. The world has gained. You and I have gained. We have received a new life. We have received the eternal life of God that was promised. We have received the hand of God come upon us. The mercy of God. The riches of Christ. The glory that man has lost. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. When he brought us into Christ, he gave us all of the glory we lost. Hallelujah. We receive the glory of the Father. Therefore, we have the glory of the Father. We walk in his glory. We live in his glory. The scripture says we all with open face as we behold him in a glass. We are changing to the same image as by the glory. As by the glory of the father. We have the glory. Anytime we behold Christ, we see the beauty of heaven. We see the beauty of heaven. Heaven was bankrupted. You and I received all of the glory of the father. We see heaven bankrupted of all of the beauty and we became the beauty of the father no doubt the scripture calls us the first fruit of his creation just as Jesus became the first fruit of his creation we are changing to the same image from the glory of the old testament to the glory of the new testament from the glory of Moses to the glory of the Christ from the glory of the letter to the glory of the spirit from the glory of the fallen Adam to the glory of the risen Lord the last Adam. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. The full story of man's redemption does not end on the cross. It ended with the resurrection. We shall talk about that tomorrow. The Christ must now stand in man's place in hell. The Christ must now stand in man's place in hell and meet eternity's demand. He must suffer for three days and three nights. John chapter 19 verse 30 the scripture tells us it is finished Jesus said in Matthew 12 verse number 40 let us look at that as I bring my message to a close tonight Ah, for as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly so shall the son of man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth hallelujah and he was not talking about the earth as in physical earth he was talking about hell but i think i should reserve that for tomorrow hallelujah hallelujah glory be to god hallelujah 
Hallelujah. So his death became my death. His death became my death. And the scripture we read earlier that the temple, the curtain in the temple was rent in twine, signifying that the high priest has just served for the last. The high priest of Israel has done his final service, his final service. And the final service was the last goat he will ever sacrifice. The last lamb he will ever sacrifice was Jesus, the Lamb of God. John 1, 29 says, Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. When he did that, he did not know that he was his last service. He thought that he was killing Jesus and, and actually doing a righteous work for God. Then the scripture even tells us that Caiaphas, the last high priest, tore his garment. And the high priest's garment can never be torn and must never be torn. He did not know that he was fired from the office. He taketh away the first that he may establish the second. He taketh away the old that he may establish the new. The New Testament brought us into the riches of Christ. Hallelujah. The Bible says that curtain in the temple was torn into two. God saying, I have fired the high priest. And not just the high priest. Any goat that will be brought before me will never be accepted. My son has been accepted. The ultimate lamb has been sacrificed. Hallelujah. For he says it is finished. Jesus was referring that the law has been fulfilled. His death ended the law. Christ, Romans 10 forces, is the end of the law. He was the last official assignment of the Jewish high priest. His last sacrifice. His last sacrifice. His last sacrifice. And the scripture says, he did this sacrifice once and for all. Meaning that he did it yesterday, today, and forever. When the scripture talks about yesterday, today, and forever, it's not talking about, he's just using earth's language to talk about eternity. In the earth, in the earth, we will refer to yesterday, today, and forever. We can understand that in the scope of time. But in the scope of eternity, it means forever. Christ's work was forever. His redemption was forever. His redemption was forever. His redemption was forever. Hallelujah. He became poor, not earthly possession. He laid aside his status, his glory, his fellowship with the Father. So the absence from God the Father was what was called poor. Was the poverty that Christ became that we may become rich. Hallelujah. Why? Because we have been brought to the Father. John puts it in a better way. I think I want to end there. First John chapter 1. It's bubbling my spirit. It's just flowing. It's bubbling. It's bubbling. First John chapter 1 from verse 1. When they were talking about the Christ when they met him. I want to pray for a few people tonight. When they met him. That which was from the beginning. Which we have heard. Which we have seen with our eyes. Which we have looked upon. And our hands have handled of the word of life. Jesus is called the word of life. Of the life was manifested. He said, for the life was manifested. And we have seen him. And bear witness. And show unto you. That eternal life. What we received in Christ 
is called eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. Go on, next verse. Hayakoda, that which we have seen, heard, declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship. That's what I'm going to. Koinonia. Jesus, the Father, turned his eyes away from him and he lost fellowship with the Father for three days. We shall talk about that tomorrow. But we were brought into fellowship that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father. We came into union with the Father. We came into fellowship with the Father. The Father turned his eyes away from Jesus that we may come into fellowship. And with his son, Jesus Christ. Next verse. Then he says this. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. This is what Jesus said. He says, soon you will see me. Soon you will not see me. But I write this. This must happen that your joy may be full. Verse 5. Mora salaklonde klasata. This then is the message. Ha! He says, this then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. That God is light. And he says, if we say that we have fellowship, in other words, if we are now in the Father, in the light, and walk in darkness, we lie and do not know the truth. It means that anybody outside the light is in darkness. Anybody outside the light is not actually born again. That's what the scripture says. He is lying. Lift up your voice tonight. Begin to thank God for the for, for Jesus. Come on, lift up your voice. Begin to pray now. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Oh, thank him. Thank him. Thank him. I appreciate him tonight. Oh, glorious Father, we thank you, Lord. Marasa katatata, ora bababandeka, elido shalaketa laga, ora mamasota la laika, ora babasukla talaga. Oh, we have come into the riches of Christ. We have come into fellowship with the Father. We have come into fellowship with the Father. We have come into fellowship with the Father because we are in the light. In Him there is no darkness. We are in the light. In Him there is no darkness. We are in the light. In Him there is no darkness. We are in the light. In Him there is no darkness. We are in the light. In Him there is no darkness. Parushala katala isuzala kida alogala laigalada leko parasaklatai ora babala ekalabado shalakeda andalako Shalaiga, Arosha Lalaba, O Lakatalakida, O Galido Shalaiga, O Manande Lakapai, Aparoshala, Apalekala, 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 Roshalanda Lakoda, O Mamange Lakaya, Eleka Babanda, Abando Kala, Abando Kala, come on, lift up your voice tonight, O Lakaparasata, thank him for the blood, thank him for the blood. 
you know when you are thanking for the blood, you are thanking for his life. You are thanking for his life. The life he gave for you. The life he gave for us. The life he gave for me. The life he gave for you. The precious life he gave for us. We are thanking you, Lord. Father, we appreciate you. Thank you for your divine grace. Thank you for your divine grace. Thank you for your divine grace. You did it for me. You did it for us. You did it for me. You did it for us. We appreciate you. Oh, Labasatala. Ragabababa. Rapababa. 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 Rapadalaba. Rapababa. 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 He gave unholy men access to God. We have access. We have access. The path that getting that was time turned into two gave us access. You and I have access to the Father. The scripture says we now have an access to the Father. He has made for us a new and a living way. Come on, thank him for the new and the living way. Oh, Rabbi Satalaba. For us, when we celebrate Easter, we are celebrating that new life. We are celebrating that new way. We are celebrating divinity. We are celebrating life that has come to us. We are celebrating the word that has been made alive, that has come alive in us. Oh, the word has come alive in us. The word has come alive in us. The word has come alive in us. Moshala Katalaba. Moshalelebosha. Motalabababa. Repotolababahe. Repatolebebea. Ropabababa. Recotolabababa. Recopadebea. Thank him for his love. Thank him for his love. His love that he has, he has given to us. Oh, we give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. For his love. Wherewith he has loved us. For his love. Wherewith he has loved us. We thank you. Oh, Father, we give you praise. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to the Lamb of God. Glory to the Lamb of God. What a wonderful God. What a wonderful Jesus. The beauty of heaven. The lily of the valley. Oh, what a wonderful God. What a wonderful name. The name that has been given to us. The name of Jesus. The scripture says when he rose from the grave, he was given a name that is above every other name. That had a mention at the name of Jesus. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue confesses. That Jesus is Lord. Oh, the Lamb of God. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We appreciate you. Lako Shalalaiga. Nobody greater, nobody greater than you. If you're not sure that you are born again, but you want Jesus to be resident as the Holy Spirit, they say, Soon you will not see me. That's his death. But he says, Soon. You will see me because I go to the Father. The only way we can see him is through the Holy Spirit. If for any reason you want to receive Jesus into your heart, I want to pray for you quickly now, wherever you are. Just pray this prayer with me. Declare with me, Father, let the Spirit of God come into me. Let me not be the same. I ask, oh God, that make me a new creation through the work of regeneration. Through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Father, I receive into my spirit a new spirit. I am a new creation from today. I refuse to be the son 
and the daughter of the devil I receive from today the spirit of sonship therefore I take dominion thank you for the gift of salvation thank you for the gift of salvation father I ask that the Holy Spirit will come into me strong in the name of Jesus. Now pray this prayer me, declare me in the name of Jesus. If you don't speak in tongues, declare me in the name of Jesus. By the evidence of speaking in tongues, I receive the infilling of the Holy Ghost and with the outward manifestation to begin to speak in tongues now in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, I receive the gift of speaking in the Holy Ghost now. Couldn't find one to compare To your grace, your love, your mercy